going back to our talk with uh, Tony Freimark a moment ago, I think that's so neat when you look at um, a community like Medicine Hat or anywhere. Like when I say that, I don't mean oh the size or whatever. I know when artists are working on things here. It's so wonderful for people who live here or expats of, of town or city to be able to look back. And, oh, yeah. Hey, that that's my medicine hat. That's really cool. Those are people I know. It's always wonderful to watch something like the, the video uh, be created or know somebody's created a video game and they're from the area. I, I just I always wonder about the influence of that community. And it's so cool to hear hear people, our community reporters, talk about these things, Rump. Absolutely. Sorry, Mike off. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, when if this were to get bigger and brighter, uh, the the future of this young man, it would be awesome to as the person of medicine had to say, hey, I knew that guy or we followed his story when, you know, and I paid a dollar for the game. (laughs) You guys have to pay three. You know, (laughs) it becomes (laughs) successful. Folks, let's check in with Lucia Belafonte for our parenting chat. Are you ready to learn, laugh, and maybe even cry a little? I'm Lucia Belafonte. Thanks for joining me on Kelly and Company, where both kids and parents can expect to grow in confidence and courage. So there's so many things, Lucia, we get into talking about. Well, you get into talking about, and we uh, <laughs> throw in what we have to say about it, but it, it causes you to go back, I, I, I know, as a host, I sit back and listen and think, and I remember that, or, hey, we tackled that this way, or, wow, I'm glad to know my parents made the right choice there. So today Mm -hmm. on the program, could you tell us a little bit about the special segment you have planned for today? I am so excited because today you, uh, Kelly and Ramya, are actually going to do most of the talking, and I'll just ask a few questions and edge you on, Um, but we're going to still continue our conversation on organization, but really from your point of view, and you can share your thoughts and experiences and suggestions with the audience. So I'm so excited. Oh, we're excited too. Thank you for the uh, opportunity. So can you give us a quick recap on what we discussed in August, though, to talk about the importance of organization? Absolutely. So last month we did talk about um, how to begin to help your child become an organized person. Or if your child is older, no worries how to get them organized from whatever stage you're at as parent and child. And one of the things we also talked about was the importance of allowing children to control over their choices for organization, as well as the importance for everybody in the home and also at school, making certain that items remain consistently in the same location. Um, So that was last month. And now I get to ask the two of you to please share with us something that you felt worked really well with your own personal organization when you were younger at home. Mm. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Rum. If you have something, I yeah. have a couple of things that pop into mind, but go ahead. I'll organize that. Well, my most basic thing, Lucia, and this is, I was a uh, not the most organized person, still am not, but there are certain things that I find bring a lot of quality to the way that I feel about my home or, um, you know, I appreciate in other people's home when I am staying there or, you know, have to check out their places. And that is just to have a place where everything goes. 
So um, whether it be in the kitchen and we're talking pots and pans and or uh, in the bedroom or in the washroom or closets, just whatever it is, I don't I, I appreciate when I can take something out and put something back. And um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just simple, right? Simply, you know, this goes in front and this goes behind. And other times it might require a bit more care, um, a, a bit more tactic in terms of how you're organizing. Does it need more space? Can, are you dropping everything when you go reach for it, uh, etc. But that's the, the most simple thing that I've learned. And I I feel that I've grown with myself um, in organizing that way as well. So I love it. Um, and that was one of the ones that I had on my list really uh, to go out. So I was fighting with, do I bring that one up? Or finishing things, start w- t- something and finish it. Have that goal to make that that priority once you start it so you don't forget. And I learned that at a, a very early age so that I wasn't hearing, who left this out here? Or something like that <laughs> when my parents found something I had started and hadn't completed, not to mention you have your mind set on what you're going to do, getting the task done after you've thought it up, get it finished so that you're not coming back to it later saying, now what was I going to do here? I learned that at a very you know early age as well as uh, the old put things back where you got them because accidents happen if you don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love both of those examples. And you know, Ramya, I hadn't even thought of what you mentioned when returning items but perhaps if something is in front of something else and then how that might be a little bit troublesome right knocking things down yes so absolutely the space for everything is just so important and that that makes me think of being um, an itinerant vision teacher in in that school how space for everything is important And one of the things I found really challenging was trying to get um, classmates to understand that chairs needed to be tucked in for safety, right, and and ease of travel for a student using a cane. So I was hoping that you would share maybe some thoughts about school stuff. Mm. And, you know, for me, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been that kind of thing that, you know, when I was in school until I went to the blind school. Uh, I didn't I didn't have a cane, but I kind of liked students to be aware as much as they could, whether it was grade one or two, of my limit limitations. I always felt it was good and better to advocate. I couldn't get by, and, and I shouldn't say that because I, I had more vision then. I couldn't get by, oh, well, I, you know, I, I, I don't need to share that with people. But definitely I could find my way around. I had an, an incredible sense of direction um, and remembered places so easy that I know I fooled people and young kids who didn't understand. But that same thing went for the, the teachers. So, um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I bumped things and fell over things, but I learned at a young age about utilizing what little bit of vision I had to, to do what I could for getting around, probably better than I utilized it for reading and stuff like that. Um, but definitely knowing to put things back, that was the thing I needed others to help out with. Yeah. And the way that I found most helpful for that, Kels, is, you know, because we know it's much more collaborative school at school, right? Like right now as an adult, um, I have my own space. I can do whatever I want with it. And and the, the he, 
more or less organized I am affects me directly, right? But when you're at school or living with others or in workplaces, too, are good examples. Um, mm-hmm. it, some of these practices, just they just become second nature the more you actually practice them. And one of those things is being uh, verbal, you know, letting people know where you're putting something down or in school, it was kind of like, and here's the cubby on the far left corner where the coat rack is or whatever it was. Just the more verbal people were, especially teachers um, and, you know, adults, the more that I felt we were picking up on that. Students were picking up on that. I was picking up on it. And um, it was just very helpful. And sometimes it was a... Things like, we want to store these art projects in our desk until the next day. So make sure you gather up your crayons and whatever it be and put them in your desk so you remember that that's where it is tomorrow. And now, obviously, during those times, I didn't think this was personally meant for me, right? (laughs) Though I was the only person with low vision in my (laughs) class and sometimes in the school. But it was just... That kind of information I found helpful. So now that translates to as adults, somebody comes over to my house, they've used a a, um, a mug to drink out of, and then they say, Ramya, I've put the mug on the right side of your sink when you're washing dishes. Just remember that's where it is, right? So uh, the verbal um, instruction, reminders, uh, visualization of things, I always found to be helpful. I love that, those verbal cues, right? And it's interesting, Kelly, that you raised the fact that you yourself were verbal enough and um, to share with people what your needs were from a young age when you had them. But I realize not everyone can do that and most cannot. And you don't have to have a disability or a special need in, in any capacity to communicate something. To be that way, that people often you don't want to be the center of attention. You don't want people feeling yeah. that you know you need something special for you to get by here, and where you or the teachers are. You, you, everybody has their own fears and concerns. So uh, I was always told, though, speak up, <laughs> and, yes. and I felt that if I didn't speak up, anything that didn't go right, or if someone said, "Well, I'm sorry, Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't know it was my fault," right. Yeah, that that's an interesting point, right? If you don't speak up, then people don't know. And, and then you almost, I don't know, do you feel that you feel even more responsible then? Yeah, and, and that's the thing that had to be tempered because you don't want a child going yeah. away feeling responsible. You don't want them feeling like everything's right. their fault because you're not everybody's yes. keeper. So that had to be tempered. And it, and it was. I was lucky that not just the teachers, yeah. not just the people I ran around with and, and friends I had or my parents made me feel it was like Ramya said a while ago it's something everybody worked at and has to work at with you it's collaborative yes and and I think it's a lifelong skill I I, I mean I know for, for myself, sure right and and it sets you up I... to be able to do that because you forever have to advocate for yourself and you don't have to be yeah. you have to do it in the right way because if you're obnoxious about it or ignorant yeah. people are going to treat you with lack of respect Absolutely. That's that's a great point. And even the verbal cues, like the verbal cues at school, you mentioned the teacher saying, okay, we're going to be doing this activity tomorrow, so make certain that you put your crayons back into your desk. You know, but to be honest with you, as, as a teacher, that would be something that I would want to do anyhow exactly. for the whole class, because you're reminding everyone of what what we're now doing in the present moment, and then 
what we're going to be doing and how to organize ourselves, right? Or how the kids Mm -hmm. can organize themselves. And so sometimes we think that we always have to be very specific or um, say instructions or directions or give cues in a different way than we would. But in that example, it's lovely because we realize we don't need to do that, right? It will work for everyone. And this specificity or like being really specific and mm-hmm. about where things are located um, is a great one for both at home and school. Like, please, you know, go to the cupboard on your far left side, um, top shelf in the middle of that shelf and get something. Right. So great examples. And that too, it tests, it, because this is a challenge as well as mm-hmm. an amazing point because Sometimes you're like, where did I put that again? But if you yeah. if you know your uh, memory exactly, and if you know that mm-hmm. everything in your house, maybe it takes you a couple yes. seconds to find it, has a yep. spot for it, um, and you know, like things, then you know that you you have a system, and it's a matter of being able to describe that system uh, or verbalize it to somebody else, and vice versa, uh, that person to you. But it's nice to. Because uh, I do recognize it as a challenge as well, Lucia, which mm-hmm. we can work on. Yes. Well, you know, but but the thing is, too, I, I, I like to think of it in terms of that challenge of, of, of learning how to verbalize things. And then also for the child learning how to listen to those instructions yes. and go. I often talk about, you know, learning um, intentionally, like intention, parents intentionally te- teaching their child something. And that's a perfect example. So you can do that with your child in a fun and relaxed way, for right? Sure. Put something somewhere and then give those verbal directions so that the, your child is learning, so that yeah. you're learning and practicing that skill from the time that you're young. And then you become accustomed to it. And That's then it. also, I think the family, right, learns how to give better verbal instructions or directions. Awesome, And Lucia. then they also learn. Sorry. Wonderful. We're out of time. And you're right. Then they learn. Uh, we'll talk to you next month. Great stuff. Take care. Talk to you next month. Our parenting discussion always get into so much. We'll talk on the fourth Tuesday of the month. Up next, our book club gathering. Join us again in a couple of minutes.